Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Breakfast at Ruby's. Breakfast is served. Thank you so much for joining us today. I have Dr. Grizzly with me. Hi. Hello, hello. I'm very excited to have breakfast at Ruby's. Yes, it's the new place to be, you know, to have breakfast, to chit chat, since we can't go anywhere. <laughs> That's right. We have to do it virtually. We have to spill the tea online. Yeah, we, we can't spill it outside anymore and have mm -hmm. other people you know, clean up the tea. Now we have to clean up the tea that we spill. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. I know. Ugh. But yeah, my name is Ruby. Uh, this is a weekly podcast where I just bring over folks that I want to get to know, people that I want to get acquainted with. We can just have a little chit chat, catch up, see what's going on, talk about what we're passionate about, a very casual conversation that you would have with a friend as you, you know, go over to breakfast with them that's um, right in the before times you have to do it virtually now stay safe before times <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the folks out there who may not be aware of the wondrous world of dr grizzly do you want to introduce yourself uh yeah and your content and such I would love to give you my like elevator pitch yes <laughs> but yes yeah, so I'm Dr. Grizzly. I, I typically like brand myself as a variety streamer, but I lean pretty heavily towards Dead by Daylight. So it's what I'm playing a lot on my channel. But I think what's um, like kind of unique about me or unique about my content is that I'm a licensed psychologist. And so that's kind of the job I do outside of streaming. And so um, I talk a lot about mental health on my channel, especially like LGBTQ mental health and um, like my Sunday streams is actually where I really integrate that, where I answer anonymous mental health questions from chat. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like a little a little snapshot of of my world there. <laughs> yes, we love that. I always shout you out randomly at random points of any day because <laughs> I'm like, y'all, I'm not licensed. I'm not equipped to talk about this. And so I always recommend you because you're obviously an amazing source, especially for queer folks out there who usually gravitate towards MySpace. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, please go follow him, support his content. He's amazing. <laughs> I know he also uploads on YouTube. So if you miss out his stuff on Twitch, you can definitely see it on YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, we record these episodes on Twitch uh, and they, they go live on YouTube and Spotify and all that stuff. But the perk of watching this live is that we actually have a little feature on Twitch in which people can redeem a Q&A through channel points so Ooh. it's easier to keep track of questions and all that stuff so mm -hmm. if anyone is out there and y'all want to ask us any question as long as you know it's not super personal uh, and it's within terms of service uh, we will <laughs> we will answer them um, like, what is your darkest fear <laughs> <laughs> I'm like um, how much time do we have right. um <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, of course, because you're uh, a mental health specialist, uh, the conversation is going to lean a little bit towards that because uh, mm -hmm. I always love to talk about things that are related to the guests that I bring over and the things that they're passionate about, obviously. So uh, where did that passion come from for you to go into psychology <coughs> and, and all of that? 
Ooh, how much time do we have? Um, oh, you know, the, the, 60 to, to 90 <laughs> minutes. You can, you know. <laughs> That's right. You to, got this. To keep it like <laughs> relatively short. So my mother actually was a therapist. And so that's kind of like where my like initial, I guess, interest came from, you know, because obviously as you're growing up, you see your parent doing a particular type of job so you can, you know, kind of get an idea of like what that looks like and all that type of thing. And so I actually went to college to I was majoring in computer science because I thought I wanted to, I don't know, like program or something. And then I realized very quickly that mathematics and I did not get along super well mm-hmm. and so yeah and so i was like you know i i i'm interested in like human behavior you know i took some psych classes I'm like this is pretty interesting um and i kind of just fell in love with it just after trying it out a little bit and then i was like you know i think this would be like a really cool career um and i've enjoyed it you know ever since that's awesome and then from there how, when did you get started with content creation online so that was probably a couple of years ago. So I was in my first job out of graduate school, my first like adult job or whatever. Um, and I was living in a very um, like rural area in Mississippi. So not like a super supportive um, environment for us queer folks. Yeah. Um, and it was like really hard to find like other like queer people to like be friends with or to like, like there really wasn't like a social setting for like that. So I, you know, I had watched Twitch, I've been playing video games my whole life, and I was like, you know, this could be a cool way to, like, you know, maybe, like, connect with other queer people or, like, create my own little, like, you know, virtual space for, you know, to meet other queer people for us to, like, play games together and have a good time together. Um, and so, really, initially, like, the mental health piece, I was obviously doing that for a living, but it wasn't until, like, a year into it that I really started to, like, heavily kind of put mental health stuff into it mm-hmm. um it, just, it really just started out as as like uh like i just want friends basically <laughs> and like this seems like a cool way to to manifest that oh yeah absolutely that's why i love making content even when i started on youtube i i was like this is this is a way for me to take up space without or like in a safe way, right? Um, especially, mm-hmm. uh, I also am from a pretty rural area, uh, so for me, it was natural for me to just find those sp- those spaces online rather than uh, going out and about. Especially, mm-hmm. um, you know, and this is a whole other conversation that we don't need to get into. But because the queer spaces mm-hmm. are usually so heavily sexualized. Usually when you're kind of first out of the closet, you're not necessarily some sometimes your go to isn't to necessarily dive into those spaces. And right. Like, I feel like that could be pretty overwhelming. So online spaces like Twitch and YouTube and a lot of other spaces can be m- more of like more comforting and you can kind of take things mm-hmm. at your own pace. How was the response from your community once you kind of introduced mental health into your mm-hmm. content? I think it was pretty pot. I mean, that feels like that feels like a millennia ago, even though it wasn't that long <laughs> <I> ago. <know. laughs> um, but but yeah, twenty twenty felt like you know a decade in and of itself. So it really did. Um, it was it was a lot for all of us, I think. Um, but I think you know, I think generally the community is really supportive. Like I think I was pretty open about like that I was a psychologist and you know that like I know a lot about mental health and I would get like an occasional question in chat. So they'd seen me do it a little bit. Um, but the response has been like, I think pretty overwhelmingly positive now that we do this, like kind of set 
you know, day or time to, you know, answer these anonymous mental health questions. Um, I think, I think the response is, I felt like a lot of support around that. Um, and I feel like a lot of people have told me that like, you know, this is a really good thing for me or like, think, you know, like I really valued having my question answered. Like, it seems like it's, it's genuinely like helped some folks. And I mean, I think that that's the ultimate goal. Right. Um, yeah. And so it's been really good, I think. I love that. Um, yeah, because sometimes it can be pretty scary to change up content or even to bring things that you're passionate about, because I feel like there's a layer of like us taking it personal because we obviously mm -hmm. take what we love personally. Um, so it can be pretty daunting, but I'm glad that your community was very accepting mm -hmm. of that. Um, you doing it weekly. I, uh, I was wondering, is that a way for you to kind of set up boundaries and kind of prepare yourself to have that day where it's like dedicated to that because i would assume that if you mm -hmm. didn't do it weekly it would be pretty like it would take a toll on you right to do it like every other stream and not knowing when to expect yeah. it yeah i i do think like i have to be very careful about like monitoring my own like emotional state and like where i'm at as far as like do i have the space um you know to to have these kinds of discussions. Um, and so that is kind of why I limited it. And there are some Sundays like last Sunday where I was like, y'all like, I'm super sorry, but like, I'm personally just not in a place to like have these kinds of discussions. And like, I think it would be disingenuous or not like, I'm not like I'm, I should, I, I feel like I should mod, like if I'm going to talk about boundaries and, and self care and, you know, monitoring our own emotional state, I feel like I'm not setting, I'm not really modeling that behavior if I'm, clearly not doing super yeah. well and, and trying to push through and have that have those discussions um and i've toyed with like doing it more also i think a piece of it is like the questions if we have like 60 it's like there's no way we can get through them so also part of it is just to make sure we get through like you know that everybody gets heard and, and that kind of thing yeah um as far as like mental health and content creation um how do you kind of set boundaries i know we kind of touched on the on your content but like even as mm -hmm. a person outside of uh content creation how do you set up boundaries with your community and to build a space where people are understanding of you needing to take a day off or changing mm -hmm. up content because you're not in the right space for it and stuff right. like that yeah i mean and i, I honestly think that like mental health content creator or not like as content creators I think we all sort of like navigate this idea of boundaries within our communities and <clears throat> you know trying to find the best ways to communicate that yeah. and and deal with the response to that um but really I think I think for me I've always found it like you know boundaries are much easier to set up on the front end than you know kind of like in the middle or towards the end of something and so from early on, I tried to really be vocal about that and direct about that. Like, listen, there's going to be days where maybe we have this planned and I'm, you know, just personally not really able to to fulfill that today. And, you know, unfortunately, that's just kind of how it is. Like, it's just a yeah. kind of an agreement, you know, between us. Um, and I think another piece of it is just really making sure people understand that, like, what I'm doing in these mental health chats is not a replacement for actual therapy or actual psychotherapy or mental health treatment. Like it's absolutely not a 
you know, replacement for that. Um, you know, that while I am a licensed psychologist, I'm not your licensed psychologist, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And I have to be very clear about that because I do think sometimes like that can get difficult um, or people can kind of conflate the two or feel like, oh, this is like a replacement for therapy when yeah. it's it's obviously not. But um, but yeah, I, I, like anything, I think it's like an ongoing conversation, you know, and I think there are weeks I do better at that, yeah. <laughs> weeks I do a little worse at that. Totally. So I think I'm still learning, you know, I think it's all a learning process for all of us. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, and I, th I don't think it also matters how long you've been at it too, because mm -hmm. I... I've been this is going to be my 5th year 2021 uh oh, on on Twitch and It's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a journey. Um but it's like still to this day I sometimes talk to my mods and I'm like, "Hey, should I be not necessarily harsher on people, but like should we cut certain mm -hmm. behaviors out?" sooner than we have been and it's an ongoing conversation with the mods that you have and with the community that you have because you definitely want to build a space where your community is going to be understanding when you need a break or they're going to mm -hmm. support you if um you change up your content or if you need to change something up last minute so mm -hmm. uh because that's also that was kind of a fear of mine and still is to this day i feel like we never really get out of that because we see so many streamers and it's so normalized in the space where it's like oh people are demanding and people just mm -hmm. they they want this so they if they don't get that they they will hate on it or whatever it is but right. it, it is really a testament to whenever we build a safe space that people are kind of encouraged to do so because mm -hmm. these days it's the kind of the opposite it's like my community yelling mm -hmm. at me to take a break <laughs> See, we love that though for your community to step in and say like, "Hey, we can tell you need to do some self care time." And like content creation and streaming is just such a personal experience. And like, I don't think I realized that before I was streaming for a little while about how like personal a lot of this is. And like, while that, I mean, criticism, I guess, like, is something that like I definitely want to hear. You know, like, there's definitely things about my stream that I've had people point out that I'm like, oh yeah, that's a super good point. Like, thank you for bringing that up. Um, and so it's like, we, it's like, we have to be open to those difficult conversations and at the same time monitor like our own reactions to all of it. Cause it, right. cause I mean, it's just, it's like, yeah, it's just a creation of ours. It's like our little baby and you know, it's for someone to critique, it can feel, can feel kind of hurtful at times. I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, we all know that the internet as beautiful as it can be and we can make <laughs> friends on it and all of that fun stuff there is also a ton of negativity um mm -hmm. because you I, you can't really have positivity without negativity i guess um right. so as you kind of are a part of these spaces how do you kind of deal <clears throat> with negativity and this is not the kind of like constructive feedback or whatever. This is just right. like I'm I'm talking about trolls. I'm talking about horrible yeah, people. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. People that clearly have like bad intentions. Right. And it's so funny you bring you bring this up because um yeah, on my last I think like a couple of weeks ago, someone in chat was like asking me about trolls and that type of thing and I was like, "Well, what's really funny is like I don't really get a lot of trolls until I start doing the mental health stuff." 
And for like whatever reason, like that, like that is the time where people decide to, you know, come in and, and sort of troll or, you know, ask questions in bad faith or, you know, whatever, um, which is really it's, it's kind of bizarre to me because it's like. Like playing Dead by Daylight or something, you know, there's plenty of easy ways to, you know, be mean about that or whatever. Um, but it's like we're talking about like real experiences, real real pain, um, yeah. real trauma at times, like real lived experiences. And um, it's just, it's wild to me, honestly. Um, and so, you know, I, I think for me and like the moderation team I have, like, I think we just do a really good job of like trying to monitor everything, especially during those mental health chats, because those can be, you know, t emotions can be really high. It's, you know, these are sensitive topics and, um, you know, while I try to make everybody as hurt as I can in chat, like I'm certainly also wanting to say like, hey, like that doesn't really come across super supportive or like, yeah. hey, you know, that doesn't really read maybe the way that you thought it did. <clears throat> or let's, you know, let's let's refocus more on like how we can support this person rather than picking apart the like situation that they have described or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think, again, it's like pulling it back out to like the larger queer community on twitch it's it's amazing the 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 bullshit frankly that like queer content creators have to deal with when it comes to trolls right yeah uh do you have any advice for fellow content creators or, or even viewers um mm -hmm. that enter queer spaces and as safe as we make them we can't really do anything about something until it happens right uh, so yeah. there's bound to be trolls, even if their messages only pop up for two seconds before we or a moderator gets it, they can still pop up in chat. So mm -hmm. do you have any advice for folks um, who want to put themselves mm -hmm. out there, but they may be afraid of trolling and all of that? Yeah, I mean, and it's such a difficult navigation of like vulnerability, right? Because it is something where it's like... Like on one hand, I want to tell people like, you know, be vulnerable or, or put yourself out there, you know, when you feel ready to. And at the same time, we kind of have to push ourselves a little bit to yeah. be like a little bit, a little bit more vulnerable. Um, but, you know, I think when you find a content creator or a community that you can tell is well moderated or has very good boundaries, you know, around the way they manage their community, I think those are those are spaces in which you can feel like a little safer, I think. Like I know I do, like as a viewer. Um, I like to see when the the streamer is is active and being like, "Hey, that's not cool," or like, "Hey, like you know, we have a boundary about that." Yeah. Um, I like to see that kind of activity because I think it's like a case by case basis, right? Like, like if somebody follows with like a ridiculous name or something or something inflammatory, I just won't even like acknowledge it and we'll just ban them, you know. Right. Um, but there are some things where like I do think it's important to like acknowledge it directly or you know to process it a little bit with your chat like how's everybody doing with that you know yeah. <laughs> or that kind of thing um i think it's important to, to check in on each other because i mean some of these trolls can say some some stuff that is i think genuinely like extremely hurtful or triggering for people you know oh for sure and i i, I think sometimes people feel pressure to keep the mood going and for them to be like mm -hmm. yes let's push through it let's be extra smiley and laugh through it but um, I, I, I think that can make it worse because then you feel bad when you're like, oh, damn, but that really did mess with me. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm not doing as well as I could to, like, keep the mood going. So I think for me, it's 
just easier to like if something really affects you to mm -hmm. for you to just talk with chat like you said like hey y'all like this is not okay and this is why it's not okay mm -hmm. and you know this is not exactly the 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 mood for the stream that i was expecting but since mm -hmm. we were taken there we might as well talk about it and kind of go through it together and kind of mm -hmm. move on because then you feel a little bit lighter and then you can be like okay let, now we can genuinely move forward and do mm -hmm. something else and get into a match or uh, get into a game or do whatever we mm -hmm. were scheduled to do that day or sometimes right. we just stay in just chatting for the rest of the day we just keep talking right. so mm -hmm. uh, yeah it's definitely i wouldn't say for for people to like to to try to just pretend it didn't happen like if something mm -hmm. shitty happens in chat or in your space or whatever it might be then just like it's okay for you to process that and deal with that live mm -hmm. no i absolutely agree and to me like it i think it has the added effect of i think it really like humanizes the the content creator for me when it's like like you said like it's not just like oh everything's like happy and fun and we're being entertaining let's pretend that those three trolls didn't say all that really horrible shit like you know a few minutes ago it's like the sentiment i get it like i get it like we want it to be like fun and entertaining but like we're all people too and yeah. I, I i like to see like when i watch content creators i really enjoy seeing like other sides of them or more you know like i think it's just it's organic because we all like have these none of us are happy all the time like yeah. it's not realistic um and so i i always like to see that and so i think it has like like an added benefit of just like humanizing and rounding out us as creators. Yeah, for sure. And it, and you touched on uh, the element of like us not being happy all the time. Uh, do you have, uh, what are your thoughts on the, uh, I don't, the term that goes around the internet sometimes that is quote unquote toxic positivity? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's so funny you bring that up because again, this someone brought this term up in my I think Tuesday or Thursday stream. Someone was like, "Have you all heard of toxic positivity?" <clears throat> and we didn't really spend a lot of time on it because we were kind of in the middle of something else. But um, yeah, you know, I absolutely think like that is a very like real thing. Um, and I think um, kind of like we were talking about, like I think for some creators, it's like they can strive so hard to be over the top optimistic and positive that can, it can really come across like kind of dismissive or like minimalizing you know people's real lived experiences or pain or problems um and again it's like we get we get where the sentiment comes from like you know we all want to be fun and you know like have have an yeah. entertaining stream um but like i definitely think much like we can be overly negative i do think like on the other end of that emotional spectrum we can be kind of like suffocatingly positive too <laughs> <laughs> yeah cuz it kind of uh, would you say that it because to me this is i think it kind of perpetuates that idea that like happiness is a choice and that mm -hmm. we can't it's it's an attainable thing to be happy all the time, which mm -hmm. it's not. Um, yeah. So, and I do think that there's ways of dealing with that. Of course, like if, if there's someone who comes into your space and everybody's having a good time, you're laughing about a funny cutscene or something funny that happened in a game mm -hmm. or whatever it might be, or just even a silly conversation. Like there's a reason why my channel trailer says it's clown in time. <laughs> like we're often yeah. doing, 
doing stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the, yeah. I, I think there are ways of dealing with that, though. Like, if someone comes into mm -hmm. the stream and they're like, oh, I'm having a very shitty day, like, I think it's totally valid for you to either redirect them into like, hey, mm -hmm. I hear you and I'm sorry. Uh, if you need anything, mm -hmm. we can talk on Discord. Almost like now's not right. the time, but like we are here for you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Instead of just being like, oh, we don't talk about that here. Like, oh, right, oh yeah. yeah, let's uh, just chin up mm -hmm. like, right yeah like good <laughs> luck with that yeah i and i think that's good boundary setting yeah because uh, i absolutely agree like i think even even patients i see with depression i think sometimes i have to remind them like the goal here is not for you to be happy 1000 percent of the time yeah because that would that would actually be terrible like that would be a terrible experience because it's like really if we think about like what happiness what positive emotions are like the reason those things feel so good is because we know what the opposites of those things feel like. Like we know what pain feels like. We know what sadness feels like. And it's it's almost because of those lows that we we know what it feels like to feel higher. Yeah. Um, and so to feel like one emotion like all of the time, you know, to feel that flat would, would probably be pretty miserable. But I agree with what you said. I think it really contributes to like stigma around mental health around this idea that it's like well like well if you just exercise like you'll feel better or right. like like just feel better like just just be happy like what's <laughs> wrong with you you know like you know, just perk up like it's it's a choice um yeah i absolutely agree that and i think that makes it harder and harder for people that um experience like any sort of mental health concerns or even just negative emotions I think it just makes it harder for them to be open when yeah you know, like they've had all these people in their life tell them like, oh, you just need to buck up or you're just you're such a rain cloud and you just need to, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. So I, I, I thousand percent agree with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I love the sometimes my go to when I don't really have <laughs> energy or if, if we're in the middle of something mm -hmm. and I don't want to like stop everything a good I think a good one for me is just being like, I hope I can distract you at least. Cause like, even mm -hmm. if I can't help you cause I'm not equipped or, you know, yeah. As, cause I'm not equipped for that. I can, I hope I can at least distract you from what's going on and you can smile mm -hmm. and have a good time or, um, so it's also n not putting expectations of like, Oh, you're going to feel way better by watching my stream <laughs> right. and it's yeah. going to be great. It's like, right. no, I'm not going to solve your issues, but I'm, you know, I'm here for you. I empathize with you mm -hmm. and I uh, hope you can, uh, you can distract yourself a little bit. Cause that's what I do with my friends too. Like if they're having a hard mm -hmm. time, I'm like, do you want to hop on fall guys for like a few minutes and we can just like distract yeah. ourselves a little bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's such, there's so much power in, and significance and in, in saying to someone like, Hey, I, I see you and I hear you and I, I see the pain that you're expressing. Um, and I think I've seen like content creators on Twitter and things like that, you know, and they, who are maybe not mental health professionals themselves, but have people bring it up in chat and they're like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And sometimes it's like just acknowledging that just like noticing it, you know, saying that you empathize with someone or that you support them, like just even that, what feels like such a small thing can have such a big impact. Right. Um, and I think we, I think a lot of people just don't realize that. Uh, this might be a little bit of a spicy turn of events, oh, you're fine. but you did, you <laughs> did mention 
streamers and Twitter. And so <laughs> I have to bring Let's up I have to bring up a situation that happened oh, I don't know how long ago it was, but it wasn't that long ago, I don't think. Time is a flat circle, who knows? But yeah. um there was um a pretty popular streamer who kind of put out there a message of like streamers should be equipped to dealing with people's mental health and um kind of like crisis support <coughs> and mm-hmm. all of that stuff which got all sorts yeah. a range of opinions <laughs> as twitter usually does right um so obviously from your perspective and this person was not is not a mental health professional right uh so from your perspective as a mental health professional would you, what what are your thoughts <laughs> yeah so i know i know the tweet that we are speaking of and the person and all of that and yeah i really couldn't i don't know if i could disagree with that person's take more um you know i think um by no means should streamers feel this sense of obligation to treat mental health issues, serve as as crisis counselors, or you know, like address those like really severe um, mental health concerns. Because I, I mean, one, like not everybody has the like very real training required to do those things, and two, not every streamer like signed up for streaming to do that. Right, um, and. So I really don't think it's fair to to place that kind of um, expectation, you know, upon yeah. upon every streamer. That's that's I I just can't I I don't understand that take really like at all when it comes to that. Um, and it, I think it just, it just, I think it just does a disservice to everyone. It's a disservice to the streamer because yeah. they probably didn't sign up for that. But it's also a disservice to the person like reaching out for help. Um, yeah, you know, in terms of like. I definitely think it's okay for any any streamer to say like, "Hey, I know some great mental health resources. Like, here's some phone numbers, or like, here's a website that I think could be really helpful for yeah. you." You know, I think that's like perfectly reasonable. But if someone's like expressing like thoughts of suicide in chat, to try and try to resolve that, like, mm. as someone that doesn't have the training for that, I mean, even as a psychologist, I would not try to resolve that on my stream. Like, I'm not gonna yeah. talk to this person through a crisis in front of 50 or 60 people why you know what i mean it's right. just like it, it it's just not it's not appropriate and it's not helpful and yeah that take was pretty wild to me to be honest yeah <laughs> yeah for sure as much as i tried to see what the person was coming from cuz obviously as people come into our streams they mm-hmm. some people feel like they they have someone they can talk to and they have someone that they can um ask for help um and mm-hmm. i do understand that in an ideal world everyone is you know equipped to do so and there's not a stigma around mental health so that it's way easier for everybody to kind of talk about these things and all that mm-hmm. but the realistic part of it is that like if i have like something silly going on on stream and it's like we're talking about yeah. God knows what, and then someone is coming over and they have and and they're really needing help. It's like mm-hmm. the only realistic things that one can really do is either mm-hmm. redirect them to resources, 
tell them that we're there for them. We we hope to distract mm -hmm. them and that they're worthy <coughs> and that they're valued. But mm -hmm. other than that, you 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 just it, mm -hmm. it, you can't really do much more than that because also like if you act like you're equipped for it then the person yeah. is going to have those expectations on you and then you're not going to fulfill them. So it's going to be worse for both of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I like what Spin and chat mentioned about like, you know, not to mention that like plenty of streamers, we're all human beings and we all, a lot of us have our own mental health struggles and yeah. are maybe not at that point, like really available emotionally or even just like want yeah. to have, you know, it could be like triggering for their own mental health concerns. And so I, like, I think I think it's one of the natures of like parasocial relationships about this like understanding mm -hmm. about expectations and some people walk all over that you know right. and kind of violate that. <laughs> um, but I definitely think that's a, that's a really good point about like that kind of consideration. I will mention that um, I was on the Guardians Mental Health um, Stream podcast Friday and they actually have a streamer mental health toolkit. Um, and in that toolkit. It talks a lot about stuff for like streamer mental health, like our mental health individually, like about burnout and stuff like that. But there are also portions about like how to kind of like redirect like you're talking about or how to offer support in an appropriate way or yeah. redirect to resources. And so I would just mention that as like a as a potential resource, like for streamers that may be listening or watching um, that maybe want to have a little bit more, you know, just for for those cases. Yeah, for sure. I'll I'll definitely ask you if there's like a link, uh, and I can yeah. I can put it on um the description for for YouTube and like Spotify and all that stuff once it goes live, so that people have at least uh, they have that, and I can either I can even add it to my own like timers on 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 stream so that folks can uh, can get that support for sure. Uh, even Twitch, I remember, um, I don't remember the exact link, but they also have like um, a space, uh, like a link for that where they list out a bunch of resources and uh, mm -hmm. they kind of, um, they kind of do that. Um, so yeah, um, for sure. I think it's, don't put on any responsibilities that you don't need to have or that yeah. you're not equipped to dealing with and, Absolutely. and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I will mention Guardian. This is I only say this I learned all this like on Friday, but they also have a like Twitch bot and a Discord bot that <clears throat> will drop mental health resources in chat, like links for it. So you can do like exclamation mark anxiety ooh. and it will drop like six links for anxiety related resources. And I thought I was like, that's amazing. Like that's a super, super easy way to to just like redirect and say like, hey, like. If you type exclamation mark depression, like this bot will drop you like 10 links of, of places to read about stuff. And I thought it was just a really cool thing. Oh, and you're fine. I accidentally dropped a link in your chat. And yeah, your bot was like, <laughs> no, no, girl, actually you won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I got y'all. I just reposted a... <laughs> My bot does the same thing, so I totally get it. I didn't think about it. Uh, no, it's fine. I can I can always access it. Access it. Um, but yeah, uh, by the way, if anyone watching live happens to have any questions, I know we're a, a bit into the podcast, so may, some of you may have missed, uh, may have missed it, but if y'all have any questions, you can always ask us that and I'll ask them either in the middle of the podcast or towards the end before we go. Um, but yeah, this has been a pretty good, great conversation so far. So mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, 
what do you do on your free time when you're not doing mental health things, when you're not streaming, all that stuff? Like, what's your, you know, downtime? Oh, my God. Fun relaxation times? Like, that's such a good question. <laughs> and it's like, I talk so much about like self care and da da da. It's like, I probably should have like, my own robust sense of self-care but <laughs> like i have like a miniature labradoodle named sybil who i am like very emotionally attached to and, and, I love that. and i spend a lot of time with her and spend a lot of money and things on her and that she's a really good like coping piece for me and spending time you know with my partner doing stuff around the house or watching netflix we can't you know it's like we're in the middle of a pangea so we can't do a lot uh, so we um <laughs> So we like watch movies and things like or play games and things like that. And you know, like for me, video game wise, I mean, I think it's like, I think every, I won't say that. I think a lot of streamers, also, I struggle sometimes where it's like, I stream this game all the time. Like, I don't even want to play it. Like, <laughs> like I'll stream at this point. So I try to play stuff that like stuff I would probably never stream, you know, that, mm -hmm. so I can feel that kind of like disconnect at least a little bit from, from all of, you know, streaming and everything like that. Yeah, for sure. I, I love that. For me, like the my off time, I also agree. I'm always preaching about mental health and how, you know, relaxing is, pro is productivity and all that stuff. But I'm also like, I should do more. Why am I not editing a video right now? Why am I, I not know. doing this? Why am I not doing that? Uh, <laughs> but for it's me, so definitely Netflix, uh, YouTube, not sponsored. Uh, by the way, um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> other Twitch streamers. There's so many wonderful uh, content creators. Whenever you're not doing anything, like they're doing something cool. Um, on my Discord, I've found that sometimes it's it's fun. We have a weekly like anime night. We have a weekly movie night. So oh, I love that. Yeah, it's it, we just like hang out. We have a, a cute little time. Um, mm -hmm. It usually starts as an anime or movie night, and then we watch memes. We just talk. So it's it's great mm -hmm. so that you can kind of uh, get to know your community in a more relaxed environment. Not that streaming isn't super relaxing not that yeah but yeah it's also not every, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every streamer has like that on self yeah. you know it's like it's like your social self so you're like not not to say any of us are like not authentic or like not organic but like every human being acts differently when they know another human being is watching them yeah. that is like pure factual behavior and so um yeah, it's obviously different on Discord where maybe it's a little more chill and you can kind of just do like whatever. There's not any worry about metrics or social media or you know, like any of those things we we all like stress ourselves out about. Oh, for sure. And even just like simple things like checking the audio levels, checking if your webcam, if you need to adjust your lighting or whatever it might be, because there's always something. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. always 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 perpetually always. right it's it's such a such a journey as far as like video games and mental health uh are you in the camp of folks that believe that games can be helpful for people who suffer from different mental health um like issues and, and conditions and such yeah i would definitely put myself in that camp but i think like Same. empirical work in this area i think also is reflective of that like i don't think it's necessarily like an opinion at this point i think um 
you know, like research wise, we've kind of yeah. have discovered this. Um, and I think um, I would love to see more games that like portray mental health very directly. Like Celeste is a game that I talk a lot about. Um, it's like, a, I don't know if you are you familiar with it? Oh, I beat it on stream. And okay. yeah, I loved it. Folks were crying in chat. I know. And, yeah. Oof. I think Celeste is like a really good example of a game that that really portrays depression, I think, in this very accurate way. And I really love like the the imagery around it and that she has this like other self that kind of serves as like the the negative self-talk. And like, I just think stuff like that. I mean, I think how could that be anything but healing to see your own lived experience, you know, with mental health and pain represented like in this, in this video game. And, and I think that kind of stuff is just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, I, uh, I <laughs> Dexter Licious in chat is mm-hmm. calling me out. I, I wasn't <laughs> crying. I was, I just teared up slightly. Unfortunately, I can't, I, I don't really, for some reason, I think it, it might be that awareness that Mm -hmm. a camera is on you so i can never fully just like i feel like sometimes i'm playing a game and a lot of times i play games for the first time to get my reactions but the downside of that is like those deeper emotions that if i was by myself i would probably be ugly crying on stream i just kind of tear up a little and i'm like oh my god (laughs) i know exactly what you mean i'm like when i was playing ori and like no spoilers or anything but like there's some sad stuff that happens in the world of ori and i was like if i was playing this by myself i would absolutely be just like just tears everywhere right. but on stream i'm like oh wow guys that's super sad right like <laughs> i know <laughs> i'm the same way i'm the same way oh my god yeah it i don't i think it's just the a li- like a in the back of my mind thing where it's like it's not that I consciously am like oh I need to hold on the like I, I need to hold in the tears uh, <coughs> I think it's just something in the back of my mind that is like oh you're on like you're on stream mm-hmm. you, this is a show kind of thing so it's like I don't f- I guess it just within my brain I just don't allow myself to get there it, it, it's not like a conscious decision either right because I would love to ugly cry that would make a great clip <laughs> <laughs> TikTok would love that. <laughs> right. And like it, it probably a great crying emote cuz some of my emotes are screenshots right. of me uh, cuz I'm very expressive <laughs> naturally so uh mm-hmm. that those would make great emotes so I'm just saying right. I wish I could need a, a ruby crying emote so we need <laughs> right? <laughs> uh yeah, uh, and I talk about this all the time of like uh, the experience, the experience of flow, that sometimes mm-hmm. you can't really achieve naturally. Sometimes you achieve that through gaming. And I remember um, getting a little bit into meditation, and mm-hmm. I kind of stopped for a little bit because I'm that type of person that it's like I do it consistently for a while, and I'm like, oh, I've been great. I don't need to do it anymore. And then right. I, it's a slow decline again, and it's right. <laughs> a whole cycle. And I remember playing a game and kind of experiencing like negative thoughts and, th- and stuff like that and kind of noticing that they were just kind of there and I wasn't really engaging with them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, are video games kind of a meditative action? And then I looked up, I looked into it and it turns out, yes, they are because you get into a mm-hmm. state of flow or like you're focused on a task at hand. So your brain is mm-hmm. not, even though your thoughts are running, 
your brain is not actively trying to grab them and pick at them. It's just like, oh, they're there, but like, it doesn't matter. I have a puzzle to get mm-hmm. to, or I have a platform to mm-hmm. jump through. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and flow is a really interesting like psychological construct about like being like like it's almost like the ultimate form of being really present um it's like the like in terms of like the the psychology field around mindfulness which is all about being in the present moment non-judgmentally flow is basically that um and i definitely think like video games like people can find that in various games that sense of flow where they are they are just immersed in like the things going on consciously or sort of just like passing by like cars in a freeway like they're not ones that we stop and look at necessarily and i think like that sense of flow can be like a really great thing a really positive um feeling for a lot of us or at least it lets us detach a little bit maybe from some more negative feelings that maybe we're having like i like a healthy detachment not for like you know a prolonged period of time right. but at least like a healthy you know periodic kind of detachment from that i absolutely agree yeah, because that's the kind of the, the, the main thing. I think sometimes people think meditation slash mindfulness is mm-hmm. kind of either trying to control your thoughts or trying to ignore them or trying to mm-hmm. uh, change them or whatever it might be. But mm-hmm. it's like sometimes I'm working through my thoughts as I'm playing like Fall Guys. <laughs> but it's just mm-hmm. like I'm not trying to like I'm not like you said I'm not judging them I'm not trying to place any of my own bias on it I'm just kind of they're mm-hmm. circling through my head and I'm kind of sorting through them but in a mm-hmm. way where it's like I'm not allowing it to drag me down if you will <laughs> no you're exactly right like it, it's interesting because like in in this there's a field you know that mindfulness or type of therapy that really deals a lot with mindfulness and it's called acceptance and commitment therapy and one of the goals of that type of therapy is this really fancy term they call cognitive diffusion and all it really means is that it kind of theorizes that like things like depression anxiety etc like a lot of it is perpetuated by us becoming really tangled up with the thoughts that we have where we have a thought about being a failure so we like grapple with that we try to change it or move it or make it look different and the act of like being mindful or in a sense of flow is that we're, we detach a little bit. We become separated from it or we can observe that we are having that thought, but we're not making judgments about it. We're not trying to move it or change it or touch it. We're just observing the fact that it's there. Um, and so I think that's really interesting what you're talking about when it comes to meditation too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I I have a, a personal recommendation again, not sponsored, but Netflix. You know, if you're watching, listening, listen. You can find my listen. my business email. <laughs> <laughs> Reach out. You know, we can make something right. happen. Um, right. But I they have a Netflix original series that did that came out not that long ago called Headspace Guide to Meditation, and I found it to be really good. Um, for especially if you're getting into it for the first time or you're curious about it because I would say like half of each episode is basically someone talking to you about their personal experiences and kind of certain exercises and then at the end they do a guided meditation with you where they put those lessons if you will into actual practice um, mm-hmm. So they, it's I don't know how how many episodes there are, but I'm on episode three. I know I should do this daily, but I'm not doing it yet. It's, I'll have to check that out. I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's great. They have a lot of like graphics, and they the person who does the guided meditation is uh, 
really good at setting expectations. They're like, your your brain is going to go other places and that's fine. That's normal. Because mm-hmm. I feel like some people are like, oh, I can't meditate because I can't focus. I'm like, that's normal. Mm-hmm. You, it's a it's an exercise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you'll, it's you'll get better of- at it. The hard part is like not judging yourself for doing that because people will be like, oh, I'm so bad at meditation or I can't do this, which then further breaks them away from meditation. <laughs> um, it's like it, it's so hard to be non-judgmental of ourselves about the, the thoughts that we have. Right. So, yeah, I completely agree. Absolutely. Um, I, the, the only reason I brought it up was because you you used the example of the highway and they you mm-hmm. literally used that example as well in, in the series because uh, it's like mm-hmm. you watch all the cars go by. So there's no point in you like fixating on one car or another mm-hmm. or a truck or whatever. It's just like it's normal. Another comparison mm-hmm. that, that I've seen people do is like also the ocean. It's like it, mm-hmm. there's, you know, ups and downs. Uh Thoughts come and go, just like the ocean. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love that. I love imagery like that so much. Yeah, the yeah the show the show is like beautiful. The art that they do to kind of explain the things that the hostess talk about. Yeah, and he's a Buddhist monk. Thank you, uh, thank thank you, Doctor Brilly in chat for uh, for telling for telling us for telling us that I completely forgot. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, do you have any media recommendation for people? We I know we kind of talked about mm-hmm. Celeste a little bit and how mm-hmm. good that was for as far as mental health. Mm. Uh, do you have any other pieces of media, whether it's a game, like other games or other shows or uh, podcasts or whatever? Yeah. I'm trying to think. And I think like I don't have a ton from like personal experience because like because I work in mental health. And I talk about mental health so much. I don't tend to watch <laughs> things that are like really, really focused on mental health. But like what's interesting, like I don't know if you're familiar with the show Bojack Horseman. Um, it's not like new necessarily, but it's like an animated series. But I had like multiple clients bring up that um, that they found some solace in that show or found some representation for themselves. Because interesting. The show deal the, the protagonist at, at some points throughout the show has various like mental health struggles and, and other things and the way it affects his behavior. And there's a lot of like internal monologue that happens about that. And um, for like, like a lot of clients I've seen have, uh, for whatever reason, always reference that's that particular show um, that's interesting. as, as being helpful, like insight and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just, it's just kind of fascinating. Yeah. Cool. Uh, one of mine is uh, I, people talk about tell me why a lot for mm-hmm. trans representation, but the yeah. way that the, the, the game dealt with mental health was mm-hmm. beautiful in the way in which they, there's a scene where the character, one of the characters is going through a panic attack and she pulls up an app that she uses to like take deep breaths and to kind of follow the breaths within like the imagery mm-hmm. of the app. And then there's conversations about um, seeking help from a, a mm-hmm. specialist and stuff like that. And the way in which it was not demonized, it wasn't meant in a way that was mm-hmm. inappropriate. And I, it's a beautiful journey as well. Cause they, the game starts in a way where you're like, Ooh, I don't know. They're not, portraying certain characters yeah. and you're like, Ooh, I don't know where this is going to go. And then the more it unravels, the more you're like, 
empathetic towards the person you thought mm-hmm. you were going to hate the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, it, I thought I thought the game from a queer perspective, from a mental health perspective, was just mm-hmm. a ten out of ten as far as that. Of course, the game itself could have you know. It's the only game from that company that only has three episodes, and obviously this is not a gaming podcast, but it, and this is mm-hmm. not going to be a review of the game. <laughs> but as far as those themes, I think it's impeccable, and they did an incredible job with it. So mm-hmm. props, Absolutely. props to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I, w- I was trying to think of uh, of other stuff. I, I used I used to use an app called Calm, um, mm-hmm. and they they have like a ton of like different people i think even celebrities have started doing uh little courses on there and stuff like that i think harry mm-hmm. styles had one of all people i was like okay cool <laughs> random yeah there's it's amazing how much like technology and, and mental health has sort of made all these advancements and there's so many different like applications that are out there for like breathing techniques um you know anxiety depression ptsd there's there's all sorts of stuff out there and um it's pretty cool to see that to see that be so accessible you know for a lot of people um so yeah i totally agree like that sort of stuff is really amazing can be so helpful yeah um to kind of uh go back a little bit into content creation as this Mm -hmm. is a thing that both of us can kind of relate on um I've recently, I would say in the past few weeks, months, I don't know, time again, who knows. Um, I've started right. uh, implementing not necessarily bans, but I've I, I started limiting certain language that is heavily associated with mental health, such mm-hmm. as the C word that rhymes with hazy um, mm-hmm. and others along those themes. Mm-hmm. Um, have you found there to be an increase of people kind of being more aware of mental health as far as like content creation? Because I, f- I feel like I've seen so many people uh, and maybe this is just like within our circle and maybe mm-hmm. others aren't quite like that. But right. I, I, I think I think I've kind of seen that a little bit. Have you? Have you noticed that, a change yeah. in that? I would I would definitely like to say so. Like it feels like you know that we especially in the middle of this pandemic have i feel like there's been like a a really a rise when it comes to mental health discussions and advocacy and just attention even on twitch especially um but i definitely think like i I see a little bit more of that i feel like i still have to like sometimes catch on to people about like oh the like i'm so ocd about blah 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 you know or they sort of using like like real mental health um struggles as like adjectives to describe ourselves and um and i think that's that's a really wonderful conversation even i sometimes have to catch myself not saying that word you oh, know yeah. like, or, or, or really monitoring you know those kinds of things that um while we don't probably mean it in a like a stigmatizing way that's that's the obvious impact it has yeah. when we when we use language like that so yeah i i, I feel i'm with you I, I feel like there's been an increase in observance of this and discussions about this but i think it'll be like a probably like a lifelong journey you know that we all have to sort of like pursue yeah for sure and if you could tell something to fellow content creators who may not be aware of uh, language that they may use regularly um, that could 
kind of perpetuate stigma around mental health what mm-hmm. what would you kind of say to them to kind of not to convert them if you will <coughs> but you you know <laughs> but also kind of yeah <laughs> but kind of right yeah so i think that's the big one i always refer to is, is people that um maybe refer to themselves as like oh i'm so ocd about blank um or saying describing themselves as as bipolar quote unquote because they you know are, are happy one day or sad the next like to describe just our emotions kind of fluctuating like using any like terminology like that you know i think is definitely something to avoid um because it, it only serves to perpetuate stigma and the, like the word that like you mentioned um i think is another one um, that we need to you know be careful about yeah um it's really i think it really comes down to just not i think we can have a light-hearted conversation about mental health but it's definitely a line when it comes to when we're making a joke about it or mm-hmm. we're um you're being dehumanizing about it or minimize minimizing it um I think like those are the places that we really need to be very aware of the, of the language that we use. Yeah. Uh, and I think w- w- one thing that I like to tell people is that that's not what you mean. You know what I mean? I'm like, so let's mm-hmm. say what we mean. Cause you would never, I feel like I wouldn't say 90%, but I feel like maybe 70 or 80% of people who use ableist language they don't mean mm-hmm. it like that they wouldn't use it and they usually don't use it in the contexts in which mm-hmm. those words were used for yeah. um but i've noticed since i started cutting out some of those terms that i'm actually like becoming better at describing what i mean and what i'm feeling and what i Mm-hmm. Because it's so easy for, and I'm gonna, you know, trigger warning, and I accidentally used this word earlier, but it's so easy for us to be like, oh, this is stupid, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, but what what do you actually mean? Is it frustrating? Is it annoying? Is it, right. you know, are, is it making you angry? Like, what is it about it that you dislike rather than just mm-hmm. saying that word, right? Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I really think that's where words like that are are born. Um, Like, I don't, I don't notice it as much anymore, but like there was a time when people would often describe things as like, quote unquote, schizophrenic, Mm. which is like such a, such a bizarre, like word to, to appropriate like that because it's, it's such a, it's such a specific mental health condition that's quite severe for a lot of folks. Um, And it's like this weird shorthand people have, for whatever reason developed by calling calling themselves OCD because they are like an orderly person or yeah. like organization. I agree with you. Like, I think it's like born out of some weird kind of like laziness or maybe people around them use that language a lot. Um, but like you said, it's, it's, it's definitely takes like a lot of self monitoring and, and being open to other people pointing it out when we do it. Cause I certainly yeah. have had people in chat be like, um, by the way, like you said, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Thank you for like, <laughs> you know, pointing that out. Um, yeah. definitely, you know, like it's, it's helpful to get that feedback. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and again, it goes into also building a safe space, right. Uh, where mm-hmm. it's a space where people, uh, they don't necessarily coddle each other. Like it's a, a place where sometimes you have to go to someone who's like a regular, a friend and be like, Hey, can we not do yeah. that? Right. <laughs> Love you, but no. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uncomfortable because it's like, I think for a lot of content, maybe all of us to some degree, we're like, I mean, we don't want to like drive someone away that's a part of our community. And at yeah. the same time, it's like, can we really call ourselves, you know, safe space creators if we don't, if we aren't willing to to maintain that space yeah. regardless of who it is? that we're approaching about that yeah totally and sometimes you have to also think to yourself like do i realistically want that person on my in my community like is that person Mm -hmm. toxic and i'm just not kind of acknowledging it or Mm -hmm. what's what's going on there right uh absolutely yeah and kind of um going within that theme of like people using words like oh my God, that's so depressing when it's like, that's sad, right? Um, mm-hmm. How how do you feel about self-diagnosis that people can <laughs> easily, you know, uh, I've seen a lot of people um, and myself included, sometimes there's like an ADHD meme and you're like, oh, I relate way too yeah. much with that, right? And it's mm-hmm. it's like, how do you feel about self-diagnosis because i've heard people say like it's valid and i've heard people say like no don't do that (laughs) so it's like where do you stand on that yeah it's it's a really tricky um conversation because i uh, on the one hand i say this to patients i see that that they are the ultimate experts of their own experiences like no one knows them or their experiences as well as they do um and at the same time um I think for I think mental health especially um, is victim of this, where people can sort of assign themselves these different diagnoses, and I, I wonder if some of it is just not a realization that like, you know, that particular label, like Pitt mentioned, chat, like the diagnosis for schizophrenia example is very specific. Like, there's a specific set of symptoms that we look for. Same thing with different depression diagnoses, OCD, ADHD is a good like that's a great example. Um, that those are those are specific criteria that we really look at and, and treat very specifically, um, you know. And when it comes to like comparatively to like medical illnesses, like no one's out here really like. I mean, people do that, but just not in the same way. Like it's almost like with mental health concerns, some people will assign themselves a certain diagnosis almost as like an identity mm. and form this kind of like closeness with it, um, which I think at times can be kind of problematic. It can, I think, form kind of an attachment to that. Yeah. Or maybe as a way to avoid actually seeking out mental health treatment because it's like, oh, I already know what I have. Like, I already know that I'm ADHD. Right. I already know that I'm XYZ. Um, and I don't want someone to invalidate that because now I've I've been describing myself as this for so long to, right. to be told that that's not me or that it's something else or, or something like that can be, I, I think, very threatening in some ways. Yeah. Injury in chat said, I have a gallbladder infection. I just know it. (laughs) Yeah, like we're not not picking that up. And like uh, what Glenn said, I think I say the same exact thing, Glenn, about really differentiating the the concepts of impact versus intent. And while people's intent is probably, kind of like you're saying, Ruby, like not malicious, like the impact of that on on other people and the people around them, especially with how community-driven Twitch can be. Yeah. can can really have like a very negative impact on others and as content creators we have to be like pretty we have to stay very cognizant of that yeah for sure and 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 about that too it's like 
if you really truly don't mean that in that way, then why are you so defensive about changing your vocabulary? Mm-hmm. Like if you if someone tells you like, oh my gosh. hey, that's you know, kind of that's ableist or that's problematic <laughs> in within other ways. Even it it doesn't even have to be about mental health, but like, and the person's like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. So it's like, okay, then just change it. There's so many words yeah. that you could use. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, you're exactly right. So yeah, th- there's definitely you, you can you can you can definitely change it around. I promise. It's not as a non-native English speaker. I promise you, it's not easy, but it's doable. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely doable. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we kind of wrap up uh, our conversation, time has been flying by. I know. <laughs> You know it's a good it, you know it's a good chat when you you know you look at the clock and you're like it's been an hour. Um, I know right. <laughs> um so that people um okay I have two questions. So one of yeah. them is what would be for someone who wants to reach out to help to get help this year especially as things get a little bit safer for people to go outside and for people to start going to actual, mm-hmm. to see people in person and see a professional mm-hmm. in person. What is your, do you have any advice or any words of encouragement or advice for people who may be reaching, who may want to use this year as a, a year to get help and reach out to someone yeah. and stuff like that? Absolutely. Um, you know, on my stream, I talk a lot about a specific resource called psychologytoday.com. And that's all one word, psychology today. Um, and it's a really great resource when it comes to um, finding mental health providers near you. It's also um, global, so it's not like purely for Americans or anything like that. Um, but the great thing, what I really love about that website is you can check boxes for specific issues. So let's say, like maybe you really want to make sure your provider is um, very queer friendly or queer themselves. Like there's plenty of check boxes to make sure it only shows you providers that again, either self-identify as like, I am, you know, well-oriented or well-educated, have a lot of experience with queer people or, you know, are queer themselves. Um, And I think one of the silver linings, I guess, of of this uh, pandemic is that telehealth is becoming much, much, much more funded and much, much more like on the forefront when it comes to um, health services. And so um, a lot of providers who in the past, you know, probably wouldn't know how to rotate like a PDF, like, you know, are now providing right. like telehealth therapy, which I think is is great for a lot of people because sometimes we live in an extremely rural area um, or we live in an area that is perhaps like very conservative, not queer friendly. And so having like an online resource like that allows us to connect with queer friendly people regardless of where they are. Um, and pridecounseling.com is another one. <laughs> I don't have as much experience with it, but the way that one works is you basically sign up and they match you with a therapist based on the interests and things that you describe. But the only therapists they have available are either queer themselves or, or extremely queer friendly. So that's another like potential resource as well. Yeah. And, and thank you for sharing that from a queer perspective, too, because I know for me, that's one of my personal hurdles. I'm like, am I going to get a therapist that understands mm-hmm. me as a queer person and... um or doesn't hold judgment against queer people and uh, mm-hmm. or even just for comfort purposes, right? Like even because mm-hmm. I, I remember watching one of your videos on um, on mental health and when you mm-hmm. like answering people's questions and you said like in general, 
chances are your mental health professional is not gonna be judgmental of of your gender identity or your sexuality but it can serve as like almost like a a blanket of comfort knowing that the other person <laughs> understands you to some level as far as like their own identities um, oh absolutely like I was I mentioned that that Guardians Mental Health podcast I was on Friday and it was like me and like five straight white dudes that all <laughs> all worked in mental health. And I was talking about this this like, you know, it was like for I think for a lot of queer people, there's like a healthy like I don't know if suspicion is the right word, but just like you know, a watchful eye when it comes to seeing a new mental health provider because uh, because of exactly what you're describing where it's like a lot of queer people want to know I want to be as assured as they can be that they are not going to be judged or discriminated against in some way that <clears throat> the provider's not going to be like, so what do you think about changing that identity you know, or, or something <laughs> right. like that? Yeah, for sure. And even just like as simple as it is, like sometimes just as queer people, we don't trust straight men. <laughs> like sometimes that's just the thing. Like we're already on a defensive kind of, like, oh, mm -hmm. don't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so to tie into um, this last conversation we had about self-diagnostic, uh, um, do you think it's, do you think it's helpful for people, this from the perspective of like, you go seek out help, right? And do you think it's mm -hmm. helpful for people to bring up like, hey, I saw this meme about, or I saw this thing on online that I related to a lot and we haven't really looked into a, a potential diagnosis on this particular thing, whether mm -hmm. it's ADHD or other things. Mm -hmm. do, do you think that's helpful or as far as like from your perspective as, as, a, mm -hmm. as a psychologist, do you think that's helpful for you to help them out? I, I think. I think so. You know, I think um, I, I really like it when clients have come in and said like, hey, like, I think I might be ADHD. And sometimes that comes from a place of like my friend just got diagnosed or, you know, and I, I feel like I share some things with that person or like people have always told me X, Y, Z mm -hmm. or like sometimes it's been like a meme like that. Yeah, <laughs> there's actually an organization called Geek Therapeutics and what their whole mission is about is about training mental health providers in like geek culture so that like when a client that. references like a video game or references like some kind of like more nerdy kind of um, like piece of media that now these mental health providers can have some knowledge in these different areas to understand like what that person might be meaning or like what they might be referencing. And so <clears throat> I definitely think, um, it, like the way I the way I sort of describe therapy sometimes is like if you think of like your own mental health as as a car right and your car yeah. is broken down and you're on the side of the highway so there's not a mechanic nearby but you're calling a mechanic and you're trying to describe the problem you describe like what you see even though you're not an expert you're like well this is kind of what it looks like and this is like the smoke is coming out of here and the mechanic who's the expert is hearing all of that and suggesting things based on what they think is happening mm -hmm. and you may try some different things and the first couple of suggestions may not work because you're still trying to, to figure out what the problem is. But eventually together you narrow it down to where you eventually get to, okay, this is the issue and these are the solutions. Um, so I think any way that you find best to, to describe those issues or problems for yourself, I think is, is perfectly valuable. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, so uh, in, if people, again, last call, if anyone happens to have any questions, I know we kind of answered a, a, a few and yeah. even some commentary, but uh, if if you, anyone happens to have any additional questions, uh, feel free to ask. Uh, and before we do, uh, I kind of uh, want to give you an opportunity to talk about any particular projects that you may have coming up or just general self-promotion. Feel free to do so. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any like major like projects coming up at this point, but that's like a 2021 goal. But I do like to just talk about like the <clears throat> the Sunday mental health streams I do or you know, I answer anonymous mental health questions from chat. And I, I phrase it that way, but but really and truly like I always provide like my thoughts and opinions and things but a lot of it comes from the other people in chat and i think um you know while it's helpful to have me as a psychologist there to maybe facilitate or answer questions like what i really love is when people in chat will reach out and say like hey like oh wow i relate to this question so much or oh my gosh i've experienced the exact same thing um that kind of relatability is something that even like even individual therapy can't really accommodate that. Like I can sit across from a client and say like, hey, I've had like 20 people this week say the same thing as you. But right. it's very different to look at a chat and see like 20 actual people <laughs> saying like, oh my gosh, like I have felt that those same right. feelings, or, I've, <laughs> I've been there. Um, it's, it's that relatability can be incredibly healing. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and so I really like to pitch these these Sunday mental health chats because I think um, that can be so valuable. And I think there are so few spaces for us, like even just beyond just a mental health piece, but like especially around queer mental health and relationships specifically, there are so, I think, few spaces devoted to that that um, I try to I try to spread the word about it as much as I can. And I think that's such a great thing of about the internet and how it can be so reassuring as far as mental health conditions. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you will, um, because sometimes Googling something that you're going through, sometimes for me, it's not necessarily from a standpoint of like diagnosing myself because I feel like I never want to do that. I keep that in the back of my mind to bring up to mm -hmm. a professional just in, like just as a not a solution, but as something to bring up to them. Um, mm -hmm. But more so to see that, oh, that's a thing that people experience. Because mm -hmm. I feel like so so often we feel like I'm the only, surely I'm the only person who goes through this. Surely this is mm -hmm. <laughs> something that mm -hmm. only I am experiencing and I mm -hmm. am weird and I am all these things. And it's like, you're not. Turns out you're you're not. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I love the community being there because it represents so many different identities and experiences that that I don't have. Like as a as a cis gay white man, like there are, are plenty of identity related experiences that I can never fully and truly understand and, and live that experience. But there are sometimes people in chat that can. Yeah. And so I love to be able to defer to those people to say, like, hey, here are other people that have lived that experience. Let's 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 have a conversation with them about like what that's like for them. And um, I just think it's super valuable. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we have a question here from uh, our good friend, Glenn Angel. And, Love Glenn. Uh, yeah, right? Amazing. Talented. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Show-stopping. Everything. Uh, 
<laughs> so uh, he said, quote, for me, it feels like when the majority of uh, mental health is being talked about, there's a focus on depression and anxiety. Is this something you noticed where things outside that sphere have more of a stigma and aren't as openly talked about? Um, so, yeah, I tried to. Yeah. <laughs> ask the way he 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 meant it because it's kind of it's quite difficult to put that into text <laughs> yeah but and, yeah. and glenn you're exactly right like uh, what you're what you're noticing is is very true and the, the reason for that <clears throat> um is, is predominantly because depression and anxiety are probably the most prevalent um mental health concerns that people experience so i think a lot of discussions revolve around those things purely because more people experience them therefore it drives more discussion and more people when they do mental health talks will focus on those things because they have the like largest reach or they you know, affect the most people but i do think like i think you bring up a really interesting point a good point that perhaps by doing that we are like inadvertently like suggesting the idea that anything outside of that is more taboo or um <clears throat> is is not as welcome yeah. Um, to talk about um, or is like more like severe, quote unquote, you know, to to talk about other than that. Um, and like, I mean, even in the mental health chats we do on Sunday, like a lot of questions get revolved around anxiety um, and depression <laughs> to the point where sometimes I have to be like, listen, can you just like rewind this VOD like 30 minutes? Like we just, <laughs> like we just talked about this um, because I think like and I try it personally to devote a little more time to things outside of depression, anxiety, like, you know, like relationship issues or other mental health diagnoses that people may not be as like familiar with, because um, I think it's a really valuable time to be able to share with people about like, this is what this is and this is what it looks like. And here's what people who experience this, this is what their lived experience is like. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And I think like it's kind of like we're talking about intent versus impact. Like the intention is good. Mo more people experience it. Um, you know, it has a larger reach, but the impact may inadvertently be that we're saying that things outside of that are not as welcome, you know, to be, to be discussed. I think it also doesn't help that media often villainizes mm -hmm. mental health, certain mental health conditions and oh, they, yeah. they almost, uh, in a lot of cases, they portray anxiety and depression as the character you're rooting for, the underdog. Mm -hmm. And they treat, for example, bipolar disorder or schizophrenia as like a terrible person that you, mm -hmm. even though that's the reason for them to be like that, then, but they're at the core a terrible person, right? And that's mm -hmm. already a, a thing that people think whenever they're struggling with mental health conditions mm -hmm. of any sort they're like oh my god i'm a terrible person i'm this and that and kind of seeing that portrayal on media um doesn't oh, yeah. help <laughs> and people feel less com like compelled to talk about it oh mm -hmm. uh, yeah and there's plenty of examples of both in the media and even in just like the news for example yeah. about portraying people with mental health concerns as like being poor decision makers or being violent yeah. or, or dangerous. When in reality, we know scientifically that people with mental health concerns are far more likely to be victims of violence than they are to ever be perpetrators compared right. to um, you know the general population overall. Um, but yeah, like Ray, what you're saying, I think I think that is the like the the unintentional impact that it has when we. <clears throat> I think garden variety is a really good term for that. I think. 
colloquially we talk about depression and anxiety like oh i feel anxious about this mm. or like oh that's so depressing like we even in language like we use those things a little bit more like flippantly mm. like that like we describe things in those ways and i think that's where like it people feel like that's easier to talk about or more acceptable versus kind of like what you're describing like other mental health concerns that maybe are not used like in the same way yeah absolutely um and within that vein of um of um media portrayal uh, i actually saw something pretty recently on twitter about the that very particular trope in media in which you see someone like take their meds and like flush them down the toilet or throw them away and be like i'm a changed person i don't mm -hmm. need this anymore um can we get it a little bit into the portrayal of medication as Absolutely. far as mental health and how dangerous it is to kind of make a stigma out of it absolutely you know i i probably hear this at least once a day from a patient about like well i don't want to be dependent on those mm. and that uh, that word dependent comes out so much and it's like well as a person that's diabetic are they dependent on insulin like yeah i right. guess so but like you know like <clears throat> it, you're exactly right there's so many media portrayals of like oh i'm finally conquering this like we you know i think we do this a lot of things like i i this is kind of uh, a sort of a separate topic but like when people talk about like cancer and a person is battling cancer mm -hmm. like or, or battling depression like it, it sort of frames it as if like well if the person doesn't necessarily recover in the way we expect them to that they have like lost that battle mm -hmm. or they did not fight hard enough you know it, it, and i just hate that portrayal so much because yeah. it's just not at all reflective of reality absolutely um, and I try to, I don't know if this is the right word, but destigmatize, is that a mm -hmm. word? Uh, yeah. I try to do it by like, whenever I take a break, I tell people, grab a snack, drink some water, take your meds if you haven't, because yeah. it's, it's a normal part of thing. And I, I will say I've been the person who has thought like, oh, I don't know if I want to talk to a professional because what if they, you know give me medication then i become dependent on it to be happy like right like that phrasing and even mm -hmm. with with meditation sometimes i'm like oh but i don't want to be dependent on meditation but it's like meditating i wouldn't say that about exercising i wouldn't be like oh yeah i don't want right. to be dependent on exercise and there's so many <laughs> great things about it that mm -hmm. you know health wise and even yeah. as far as like um the um, the hormones that it releases as far as like you can literally be happier slightly by working out and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's silly. It is re really silly. Cause mm -hmm. again, it's, I think you can easily, whenever you're having doubts like that for yourself, I think just compare that to physical pain or physical, any mm -hmm. physical uh, at like, issue that you may have because that's when we take things more seriously uh or that's when we're like yeah it's totally valid if my doctor tells me to take this like medicine in order to treat like a sinus infection or whatever but it's mm -hmm. like suddenly it's an issue if you take medication for depression like no it's definitely not <laughs> mm -hmm. oh yeah and rain i think you're exactly right like about being mad at kids movies because it really like honestly like we look at children's media and movies there's a lot of tropes and 
I think an origin for a lot of stigma and, and other really problematic things that I think have been present in that type of media that I think have kind of set up, you know, some of us, for, you know, to, to deal with some of these things, you know, moving forward. Um, so I think that's a super good point as well regarding media representation. Yeah, for sure. I think things are slowly but surely getting better, but it's definitely, we definitely need to watch media and consume media also from uh, a critical eye because it's not always going to portray things perfectly and even stuff that we grew up with and sometimes like with movie nights with my community I rewatch them and I'm like ew uh, that's what they were like <laughs> that that was the underlying message or like that was because it's stuff that we and I think it's totally valid uh, the Rainbow Bard is talking mm-hmm. about uh, like getting mad at kids movies but it's like that's that's so important because like um we absorbed that shit as kids like we absorbed mm-hmm. all of it and like as adults then we realized we're like oh shit like that contributed mm-hmm. to me to the person i am today or to the way that i think about that and mm-hmm. uh so it's definitely super 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 valid to uh to be critical of media even if it's mm-hmm. uh, for kids because I feel like Absolutely. that's even more valid to be critical of that because kids absorb everything. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Absolutely. yeah. But yeah, like I said earlier, today has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Yes. Uh, again, where can people find you? All of your socials, all that stuff. Absolutely. The, you can typically find me three days a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7.30 Central, Sundays at 3.30 Central at twitch.tv slash Grizzly. That's D-R-G-R-Z-L-Y. Um, you can also go to drgrizzly.tv if you want to find a link to all my socials. I'm pretty much Dr. Grizzly on every social out there so you can probably find me pretty much on any platform at this point yes links in the show notes slash youtube description slash twitch chat (laughs) depending on where you're watching slash listening to this uh uh, again thank you everybody for watching and listening you can find me everything about me at projectruby.eu if i'm live on twitch you you'll see my my streams there you can see my latest youtube video there you can see links to all of my socials um and as this was not planned but actually it goes along with the theme of today i am actually gonna take a week off so next week we don't have an episode of the podcast we actually don't have any content coming out from myself however i do have to say that uh, breakfast at rubies will be back on february 7th at 12 p.m pst with stephanie please and sierra mist so uh it's gonna be a wonderful episode that you can expect Mm -hmm. on february 7th um and uh, i'll probably make other content beforehand i'll keep you updated on my socials for sure uh but yes take care of yourselves stay safe everybody uh wear a mask <laughs> Do, all the things. Please, all of those things. And uh yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you on our streams and uh next episode. So, bye everybody. Bye.